there's an enormous benefit to novelty. And novelty can be new experiences, new sounds, new places, new people, new languages, new even new smells, not anything. So we need to be constantly giving our brains new information, new stimulus. And that's what causes neurogenesis. That's how we make new pathways in the brain. If you're not doing that, you are self-fossilizing. You are, you are, you are, you are, I love that. you know, you've, you've decided, you know, to just say, okay, this is, you know, where I'm going to be. And, and it doesn't, there's no age associated with self-fossilization. I've seen plenty of 25 year olds do it. And they're just like, ah, you know, whatever. I'm just going to watch football and drink beer and duh, this is the way I am. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, have at it, buddy. Hi, this is Diane Gilman. I am so proud to be speaking to you for my podcast, Too Young to Be Old. And today we have a rock star. Honestly, we have the Mick Jagger of super aging. I am not kidding you. I could not be more excited and you will be too. And you know what? That is David Stewart. Last night, David sent me his super ager quiz. It was so much fun to take. But you know what? Rather than tell you all about that, let's have David do it. David, oh my gosh, the ageist. You are the founder of probably the most successful organization that disseminates information out there about pro-aging on the planet. You have a quarter of a million followers and honestly rightfully so it is the most beautiful website the most informational and aspirational i have ever seen thank you for being here could you be my agent yeah it's really good i'm making pom-poms they're over in the corner (laughs) excellent (laughs) pom-poms for a 78 year old cheerleader um Tell me a little bit about how you get from being a photographer for huge corporations like Coca-Cola to the founder and the face and the driving force behind the most successful pro-aging community on the planet. Uh, It was was completely unintentional, um, actually. You know, as a photographer, what you do is you observe and record. That's that's your job, right? You observe, you record. So you get kind of good at that. And then what I noticed was when I was in my mid-50s that all the stuff around people my age or older was that we had some huge problem that needed to be yeah. solved. I didn't really feel like a problem. And I, you know, what I was seeing out there was that we were increasingly medicalized and therefore infantilized. And told that we couldn't do anything, that we, you know, we were essentially handicapped in some way. And I, and I thought, well, that, I'm just not down with that. So let's see what, you know, what's really going on here. And I noticed the enormous disconnect between the amount of uh, communication uh, resources expended to communicate with people like us and the consumer spending. So there was just this, um, the, the, we, we are the biggest, most powerful consumer group on the planet. And, and we were being talked to like we were children. And I thought, well, th- this is dumb. Why is, why is everybody talking to 20 year olds? Um, they're on their parents' phone contracts. Like they don't really, <laughs> you know, they live at home. 
Okay. I mean, I don't have anything against them, but it's like, why, why is all this directed this way? So it was a lot of investigation and video interviews and trying to understand what was different about us today than in the past. And then we started, uh, that was about nine years ago. And we started publishing a little newsletter and it was really primitive, Diana. It was to 50 of our friends and our grand ambition was that the, these 50 people would remain our friends. We sent them this thing. And and they did. <laughs> so so now we've got this other thing going on. You know, now it's a m- much larger thing and huge. And it's huge. and it's wonderful. Uh and I and I think one of the reasons that people are attracted to what we do is we don't dumb it down. Um yeah. like we don't we 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 don't assume like um that at some age you just are able unable to discern aesthetics, which is what you know arp and farm and all that stuff like all of a sudden like that stuff doesn't matter like of course it does like did we suddenly get dumb no um i'll tell you something from my point of view and for 50 years i was in fashion and i invented the baby boomer gene um it is so amazing to me that we are the spending power Mm-hmm. of America, the 20,000 of us turn 65 every day of the year. And there was not one fashion line devoted to what a woman goes through as her hormones change and her body changes. So you're you're completely pushed aside you are not allowed when you need the most help to get the most help in fashion because nothing is for you or fits you. And I just did um, a New York Fashion Week review and it was like, are you kidding? See-through dresses with your nipples showing, uh, dresses with your midriff cut out, uh, trousers that are cut off to fit like underpants, of what could possibly be wrong with this picture? I mean, here we have all this money to spend and we want to look good and we have no place to spend it. And that is amazing to me. You know, very briefly, when I designed the baby boomer gene and it really struck a chord in the nerves of the female viewership on teleretail, the way ageist has struck a nerve in a quarter of a million people. I went through the whole process. I became number one. And after X amount of years, 30 years on air, I sold the company. I wanted to do something new. I wanted an adventure. The minute I sold my name and the company, they hold a corporate meeting. And the first thing they say is, we don't want to dress that old women anymore. We want the 30-year-old customer. Yeah. Okay. That sums it all up. We are so underestimated. And therefore, we never get a chance to really perform at a top level. Yeah, it's it's um it's a certain form of it's it's complicated. And I and I and I understand. The problem that the 30 and 35 year old like marketing directors have because age is t- it's tight. You know, it's their parents. It's mortality. It's it's you know, there's a lot. It's really complicated. It's complicated in a way that 
gender and um, race, sexual preference, things like that aren't nearly as complicated as this. It's, it's, those things are fairly straight ahead. I mean, they're, they're, thankfully, they're not being better addressed these days, but, but they're a lot easier because you're not like, I'm a, I'm a white guy. I'm never going to be a black woman. This is like never going to happen. Right. <laughs> right. Never going to happen. But I was 20, I was 30, I was 40. Now I'm 64. So that happens. So there's this change that happens over time to each one of us. And, and that I think is part of what's really hard. And for, you know, for people in, especially in the fashion, fashion business, the beauty business, a lot of these things, it's really difficult for them. And so, you know, one of the big things that we do is that we um, like all our corporate stuff is all NDA stuff, but I can, I, I can tell you that, um, you know, very large German car manufacturer consults with us about, uh, about you know, customer experience in cars, the world's largest sneaker manufacturer. We make content for them. We consult with them about how to make um, shoes and stuff and, oh. and how to position things because it's it's not like we're like super smart. It's just that we're we're able to communicate in a way and we understand aspirational, inspirational and attainable within this age group in a way that they don't. So for younger people, often what happens is they treat us, you know, as I said in the beginning, as sort of a problem in need of a solution. And they're looking at it from a handicap point of view rather than an aspirational or inspirational point of view. So they, it's, it's hard for them. They, they have no problem with LeBron as an, as an unattainable inspiration to sell sneakers. But if you put somebody in our age group there, th their brains just go haywire. It's really hard for them. So, so that we help them out with that. Nobody wants to grow old. That's why. I, I, I will tell you that one of my favorite sayings is from the Rolling Stones, Keith Richards, who says, life's a funny thing. Nobody wants to grow old, but nobody wants to die young. And, it, you know, there is so much a truth. But I'm going to ask you a question. You have coined the term super ager. What is, I hope I'm a super ager. <laughs> you <What>? are. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think it's just um, we 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 trademarked a sort of a, a system to help people. So we the super age system is like super simple. I didn't. This is nothing novel. It's just like um, what are you eating? How are you moving? How are you sleeping? How are you dealing with your stress? And what's your sense of connection to your purpose in your community? So because people get all twisted up. And all this sort of exotics or this nonsense you read in the New York Times every week about whatever, and the people end up being paralyzed. So I just say like, like, just like keep it really simple, just like deal with that. And then by super aging, what I mean is people who want to be the best versions of themselves um, as they go forward every day. And so bringing the version of yourself that you are today, like I'm not the version myself as I was at 20, that's okay, but I can be the best version of David at 64. You can be the best version of Diane today. Now, that's a certain worldview, and some people don't ascribe to that, and that's fine. Um, you know, you can do, I, I don't tell people how to live, you can live however you want, but if you want to do this, if you want to live in this way, that's what we mean by super aging. So last night, I'm just cruising along, looking at Netflix, and then it's suddenly, oh, my God, David Stewart sent me this test. I have to take this <laughs> test. Okay, well, the test was pretty great, and it was your super ager. 
yeah. test. Yeah. And of course, when I asked you about my results today, the first thing I wanted to hear was, oh, Diane, you were in the group that was the best. And then you say to me, but there is no best. There, there is no best. And I, and that's sort of the reason why we why we do this. So I'm, I really like animals. So we sort of name the categories animals. You're an owl. So yeah. an owl is someone who's really surveys the whole landscape. They read the science. They pick up on whatever they can do to bring into their lives. They're, they're really knowledge intensive. Um, now, th th that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's the reason we did this is because sometimes people feel this sense of confusion or even shame. They'll say to me, oh, I think I should be doing this or should be doing that. And it's like, no, no, like, just tell me what's your worldview. So let's, let's align your ambitions for what you want to do with the things that are appropriate for you to do. So someone who's an owl, you know, I may like if you're talking to me, I'll say I'll say, hey, I just read this amazing thing on I actually interviewed a guy yesterday about the intersection of cognitive ability and olfactory senses. So that's like super interesting. OK, I'll send that to Diane, but I'm not going to send that to everybody because other, if you send that to some people, their eyes are just going to glaze over. They're like, what, what are you sending me? So it's not it's not right for them. And we all we're all different. And I think that this. So much of this sort of like, you know, the heroes of podcasting out there, what I call wellertainment, people who are like, oh, you must do this or you're going to die tomorrow. Well, no, <laughs> let's just like align these things with with who you are and, and where you're at. And it's not a matter of right or wrong. You know, it it was so accurate to my personality because it said <laughs> that the owl always wants to be the best self they can be. And that was so weird because I was just on another podcast this week saying my entire point is not to go back and be a 20-year-old or a 40-year-old or even a 60-year-old again, but be the very best I can be in the moment. So that test just nailed it for me. But then I gave it to my social media manager who said, oh, I know I'm going to be an owl too. And then she came back to me and said, oh, I'm a fox. But foxes <laughs> are fine. There's foxes. Fox is an awesome thing. It, it, it Foxes, owls, dolphins, like they're all awesome. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with any of them. And that's sort of what we wanted to like communicate. Was that whatever you are is awesome. It's just the, it's just a matter of us saying like, okay, if you're if you have this point of view, this information might be good for you. I'm not going to overwhelm you with something that's not right for you. And I loved it because as a bird, I have an overview. Yes, I exactly. Go <laughs> above the situation and kind of see it all. Now, what are you going to do with that? information and i think everybody is going to have a lot and the, the quiz is really easy which i appreciated at that time of night um and then do you start disseminating um as you said information that the owl might be interested yes, in exactly or the fox yes or the dolphin okay so so what will happen is you will get a couple of um, a couple of tips directly into your email, and then the newsletter going forward 
every week in the newsletter, we, we have like a tip and it's sort of a generic tip. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to start to see all of our communications. The, the profiles will, they'll have like a little animal on it. And it's like, this person is a whatever. Um, the tip will be like, okay, for you owls, Hey, here's this like awesome new science. You got to check this out. Um, you know, for you dolphins, um, here, here's a tip for you. This is like more appropriate for you. Um, and, and, you know, so we make the tribes and we all belong to different tribes. There's not like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like football teams, right? There's no good or bad, like whatever. It's just like, they're just different, right? Well, they could be there's depending little, on where you There's a little okay. bit of competition. <laughs> the one thing that really set me off was um, I use, and, and I was just doing a tip for Instagram this week on three things I do for my skin because everybody's always asking me, but they're from the inside out. And one of them was using a handheld red laser. So one of the questions you ask is about, do you use uh, the following a bariatric chamber? kind of like Michael Jackson, uh, red laser. And I immediately looked those up and it's like, oh, red laser. It's not just a little handheld thing. It's like a tanning bed, but it's all yeah. red. And I, immediately yeah. I'm on Google. Where can I find an oxygen bariatric chamber? Yeah. I'm going to try it immediately. <laughs> You know, these are, I, I, you know, I, I had, I had knee surgery uh, about two weeks ago. And so, um, my, my doc gave me a whole protocol for recovery. And so the hyperbaric oxygen therapy is one of them. So I go to an HBOT tank, I have to do 10 sessions and you just sort of lay in this tank for an hour and a half. Um, but it's, you know, really dramatically increases the rate of healing. Wow. And the, the, the red light is also if you get the right kind, um, is, is really beneficial for your mitochondria. Um, so, but all of these things, again, Diane, they're sort of like on the, they're on the exotic edge. Oh, like you yeah. gotta get those, those big five things done first. Like don't talk, you know, people are like, well, what's the, what's the pill? What's the, this, what's that? And it's like, are you what's sleeping? The big five? <laughs> what's the big five? Yeah. Yeah. So the big five are really simple. It's like, are you sleeping? If you're not sleeping, figure it out. Like, like <laughs> you gotta go to sleep or none of this is going to work. What are you eating? You know, let's get, let's get that clear. What's your exercise program? What's your movement? You got to move your body. Um, I know it's harder than swallowing a pill, but that's what you got to do. Find out what is, do you have a program to de-stress? Stress is the most corrosive thing you can um, for any of your genes and your cells. You need to reduce your stress. What are you doing about it? And then what's your sense of connection in the world? Do you have a spiritual connection? Are you connected to a, um, a community? What is your sense of purpose? These sort of things. So those are sort of the five things that like, that's the big stuff. That's like 97% of it. And the rest of it out here, yeah, we can make improvement on the edges. But if you're not doing that stuff, HBOT and red light and lasers and all that other stuff, it's not going to do anything. <laughs> hilarious so the minute i saw it and i had to say no i'm not doing that but i thought oh i'm uh, look i've got to do this immediately <laughs> well you know what if your newsletter at which really nailed that that whole thing of being an owl really nailed my personality but if your newsletter opened up new avenues of curiosity 
for me. That would be huge because what I see, and I belong to a couple of um, pretty prestigious women's clubs in New York, but I find that most of these women, um, God bless them, have lived a really prescribed life. They married a guy 10, 15 years older than them, a good provider, da-da-da-da. And that now they spend this part of their life taking care of that man, never initiating anything new, no new horizons, mm. just looking to the past, which was much easier and more pleasurable than the future. And I'm in a totally different category. I, uh, you know, I'm starting a new adventure, a whole new career. I'm loving it. I'm meeting tons of people, lots of interesting information. So in a way I'm connected to a community, but I, I'm not sure I'm connected to the right community. Let me put it that way. Well, you're probably a role model for them, Diane. Like people like yeah. us are important out in the world. They see you and they're like, oh, that's interesting. And, you know, it it impacts people like we're seen this. That's one of the other delusions of age that we're invisible. We're not. Um, people see us. They don't yet see us the way they saw us 20 or 30 years ago, but they still see us. And so well, we can, by me. example, you know, we impact people. That was important to me. That was a point of the podcast. Too young to be old is all about what's in your head. And I believe that I will always be too young to be old. And I think that that um, the fact that I became a widow very early in life, before I was 50, and never uh, decided to just zoom into my career and, and really get that going and get the grief took a long time to get over. Um, it, I I avoided what is going on now, you know, which is that most of the people I'm associated with women are are dealing with really difficult home situations. So for those for for that audience mm -hmm. that doesn't see their future as reinvention, mm -hmm. um what what would you say to them? Because as a superager, that is your purpose, I think, is to help clarify the positivity aging can represent. Well, I, I think you brought up a couple of things here. I think the most important thing for a caregiver is like what they tell you on the, on the airplane, put the oxygen mask on yourself first, ah. then put it on the other person. If you're not taking care of yourself, remember, this whole thing sits on you. You fall apart, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah. So you, you need to really take care of yourself. I think the other thing is this idea of novelty. There's an enormous benefit to novelty. And novelty can be new experiences, new sounds, new places, new people, new languages, new even new smells, not anything. So we need to be constantly giving our brains new information, new stimulus. And that's what causes neurogenesis. That's how we make new pathways in the brain. If you're not doing that, you are self-fossilizing. You are, you are, you are, you are, I love that. you know, you've, you've decided, you know, to just say, okay, this is, you know, where I'm going to be. And, and it doesn't, there's no age associated with self-fossilization. I've seen plenty of 25 year olds do it. 
And they're just like, ah, you know, whatever. I'm just going you know, to watch football and drink beer and duh, this is the way I am. Okay, fine. Uh, have at it, buddy. Uh, but if you want to, like, continue to have this vivid, vital, sort of forward-looking outlook on life, we need to, we need, there are two kinds of stress, Diane. There's chronic stress, bad, really bad. Acute, oh. acute stress, good. So acute stress is where you, what you get from exercise. Exercise is hard. We stress our bodies. You walk into a party. Nobody knows you. You're afraid. That's a momentary acute stress. What you've done is you're, you're stretching yourself to do something new. You walk into, you know, you decide you're going to learn Mandarin. Well, that's really hard. That's stressful. But that's great. Learning to play a musical instrument. That's great. It's really hard. But that's great. Constantly, we need constant new stimulation. So I tell people to seek out novelty. Make the word yes one of the main words in your vocabulary. Somebody invites you, well, we're going to go bowling. I hate bowling. Whatever. Just say yes. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hate tech, and yet here I am with my own podcast. Why in the world did I do that? Um, You know, I was... um, retired for approximately four and a half weeks. I saw retirement as this long, dark, endless tunnel. And I thought, couldn't I use my skills from being on TV for 30 years on teleretailing? And lo and behold, I got offered my own podcast within five weeks of retirement. So retirement became reinvention. Mm-hmm. And it did, it has done so much for me. And, you know, I was in a situation business-wise that was extremely agitating and toxic. And people actually tell me I look like, I don't even look like the old me anymore because I shed so much of that. So honestly, I would say to anybody out there that is hesitating. Yeah, maybe you don't want to tie a rope around your waist and jump off the Empire State Building uh, like I did and hope the bungee cord sticks. But I think that with people like you, David, and hopefully me, we're going to build a new perception of what aging is as people that are wanted. We want the contribution. We're, we're set up to give it. We just need the right set of circumstances. I didn't want to be in a TV studio till 3 a.m. and then go and get three hours of sleep and be back for an 8 a.m. show. That was not age appropriate for me anymore. So I had to find something that was so much better suited to me. And that would be the advice I would give. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, the, the retirement thing is a little tricky. Um, the stats on the, the quickest way to die is to retire. Um, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. You, you know, you can just look that up. Uh, and you know, I think retirement is, can be really disorienting for people. They lose their sense of, um, camaraderie oh. with their workers, their sense of purpose, why they're getting out of bed in the morning. In your pajamas for three days in a row. It, but not everyone. I mean, for some people, it's awesome. They have great time, and I and I think again, you know, we're all individual, and we're we're all different. We have different needs and wants, and to these sort of like blanket 
like, you know, everybody needs to eat whatever, or everybody needs to do this. This doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, we, we grew up, I mean, I grew up in the, in the sixties and seventies, which was the time of individuality and, you know, doing what's right for you and sort of breaking out of the conformity of the forties and fifties. And I, I think that that's still the thing, like to just understand that, you know, I started this thing, like what I do, people think I'm nuts. Uh, like, what? <laughs> like you started this thing at like 50, 56 or whatever, but I mean, my friend, Alan Petrikoff is on his third fund and he started that at 86. He's, I think he's 89 now. He's, wow. so, so, you know, I, I, I think that, but it's different things for different people and understanding what works for you to really get a grasp on that. And if you find yourself in a place that it's not working, so you're, you're feeling depressed, you're feeling like I'm not worthy. What should I do? Change it. Yeah. Like you, you have agency in the situation here. You can, maybe you don't want to work, but you can volunteer. You need, it's very, very important. There's only like, I don't have much in common with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but we both believe something very strongly. That is the point of all this is being useful. We need to be useful. Totally. Totally. And I'll tell you what, I call this the age of customization. Mm. You are in charge of customizing your life to fit your limits and your needs. And I can still reach a huge audience, which is so important for me, for women um, over 55. But I can do it on my terms. So it makes it much more effective for myself. And the, the same thing, you know, I customize my health. At these doctors, I'll want you to take all these pills. They're almost disappointed if you don't take them. But I just thought, couldn't, couldn't I get a grip on my cholesterol and my high blood pressure myself? And I did it in six months. And I swear to you, the doctor acted devastated that she had to withdraw all the pharmaceuticals. But in closing, and this has definitely been probably one of my very favorite podcasts I've done. Oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you said yes. What would you say in closing to an audience that's younger? Because we find that about 45, 50% minimum of our audience is 30 to 55. And they just want to know, mm -hmm. is it really that dismal or, or is there a way to figure <laughs> What would you say to that audience in closing remarks, David Stewart? Accept your grim reality. It's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> I think that yeah, half of my audience is under 52. Uh, and, and it's the same thing. I think that they look to us for inspiration. They, they look to us for like, how do I, for some, like we have these people that are like in their thirties and they're like, well, how do we get to be like you guys? Cause you guys are cool. Like, how do we do that? And, and it's not that hard. Like understand that if you're 30 now, your chances of living to, you know, a hundred are pretty high and your chances of being healthy for a vast majority of that are pretty high. So, you know, the, the, I think one of the advantages younger people have is the whole age slinky has gotten pulled apart. It's, it's longer now. So the sort of critical decisions that you and I had to make when we were like 20 or 25, they don't have to make because 
there's going to they're going to have multiple careers they're going to do multiple things and they don't need no single one of these things is that big of a deal because you got much more runway so it's like it's okay guys you're going to be fine and it's not all about all i ever see on cable tv are people golfing i hate golf <laughs> cruising i get seasick <laughs> and, and basically taking tons of drugs and and hearing all the side effects, which are not exactly what I want to be filling my brain with. But everything around us has us convinced that that's old age. Well, you're looking at somebody here who follows us to almost an oriental regime of diet as medicine. I take nothing beyond an Aleve or an aspirin. And I'm actually amazed at how much I am enjoying my new life, which I am carving out for myself. And part of that enjoyment is having David Stewart, <laughs> the rock star of aging on my podcast. What a pleasure. Anything you wanna say in closing? Uh, go to ages.com slash quiz, take the quiz. Find out what kind of animal you are um, so much and, fun. and we'll send you stuff. Yeah. And if you're younger, remember the one thing that will impact your life going forward is how you're taking care of your body. That stuff counts. So um, good stuff pays dividends, bad stuff. Mm, you're paying interest. So yeah. just think about that. For sure. Thank you. Okay. I can't you enough. I could thank you from here to Mars and back again, but fantastic podcast. Great information. And boy, we should all have your energy level. <laughs> Bravo. Bravo, Stuart. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman. Or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, Leave us a rating or a review and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old. <laughs>